This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open, James Jones, touchdown, Raiders! I'm not a big gambler, I only play the slots, because you know what they say, scared money, don't make money, and I got scared money. Rodgers, to the end zone, caught, for the touchdown, James Jones! John Gruden has not coached since 2008, so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level? You know, and it's just Cali swag. You're listening to Keep It at 300, brought to you by Blue Wire and our good friends at Bet Online, Pepsi, and Indeed. I'm Fallon Smith. My guy, James Jones, will join me in just a second. How you doing, Raider Nation? How are you feeling? You all right? It's Wednesday, so you had a few days to digest the Raiders' heartbreaking loss to the Chiefs, and that is definitely what it was. It was heartbreaking. 35-31 was the final. It was brutal, man. <laughs> Woo, a tough one. Literally made me sick to my stomach. I'm not even going to lie. For me, I think the most frustrating part is, you know, you're facing the reigning Super Bowl champions, your division rivals. You have a chance to sweep them. You should have swept them. You're in prime position to sweep them. Derek Carr, the offense, get a go-ahead score with, you know, under two minutes to play. And, yes, everyone knows that is way, 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 way too much time to put the ball back in Patrick Mahomes' hands. But the defense was playing decent, you know, for most of the game. Yes, they gave up a ton of points, but they came up with big stops. They got a huge takeaway. And that final drive... For the Chiefs, it looked like the defense didn't even put up a fight. That was the most frustrating part for me. It looked way, way, way too easy for Patrick Mahomes and company. Way too easy. So it was in the way which the game ended that just didn't sit well with me at all. But with that said, the Raiders did put the rest of the league on notice. They did. You know, those who haven't watched the Raiders play this season and then got to see the Raiders play in primetime against the Chiefs, they know that the Raiders are the real deal and they could play with anyone. Now, at the same time, this defense needs to be better. You know, if we're going to make a run in the playoffs, make a deep run, if we want to make a deep run, if we want to even make the playoffs, period, they stress me the hell out. (laughs) 
It's just because, you know, they've been so inconsistent this season. You know what I mean? And they need to generate pressure and get sex. <laughs> you know, they've gotten pressure. Like on Sunday, they got pressure, but they weren't able to, to get home. Right? They have only 11 sacks all season long. That's not going to do it. That's not going to get the job done. Now, I don't want to completely trash the defense because obviously in the Raiders' wins, they've made the stops when the Raiders have need them to make the stops, you know? Even in that first Chiefs game, they came up huge. And I also want to shout out Max Crosby, man. He has been extremely consistent this season. And he leads the team with six sacks. So he has over half of the Raiders' sacks. Help him out, guys. Help him out. I also want to give kudos to Trayvon Mullen. You know, he's been improving each week. He came up big against the Chiefs this Sunday. Picking off Patrick Mahomes to prevent, you know, the Chiefs from scoring right before the half. That was huge, huge, huge. Um, And by the way... Mahomes has only thrown two interceptions all season, and they have both been to the Raiders. So the Raiders have forced him to turn the ball over twice, which has been awesome. But unfortunately, we didn't get the W, and we couldn't get the season sweep on the dang Kansas City Chiefs. All right, let's go over some news and notes before we bring in J.J. So some news, some unfortunate news. The Raiders will be without Richie Incognito for the rest of the season. He hasn't played since week two. You know, he was dealing with an Achilles injury. And on Tuesday, Gruden said that he had season-ending foot surgery. So he's done for the year. Now, Denzel Good, he's been doing a pretty darn good job. A heck of a job filling in that left guard in his place. You know, it's still unfortunate, though, not to have incognito. Because obviously having depth at O-line is definitely ideal. Especially if you plan to make a a long and deep run into the playoffs. But we want to wish incognito a speedy, speedy recovery. Hopefully all goes well. Now, right tackle Trent Brown, unfortunately his status is still up in the air. It's very frustrating. Uh, According to John Gruden, he said, yeah, his status is still up in the air. He remains on the COVID-19 reserve list. And as of Tuesday, along with Brown, the Raiders have four other players on the COVID list, including Cleveland Farrell. LaMarcus Joyner, Corey Littleton, and Theo Reddick. I'm assuming they will come off the list sometime this week, but we'll have to wait and see. Again, we are recording this on Wednesday early afternoon, so more news may come down as we're actually recording this podcast. Now, as the Raiders look to help their pass rush, or lack thereof, we have some more news, some news that came down earlier this week. Raiders have claimed defensive end Tack McKinley off waivers, and have signed Vic Beasley to the practice squad. Now, McKinley is a former Falcons first-round pick in 2017. So he's still young. He was claimed by the Bengals and the 49ers. And what happened? He failed physicals both times (laughs) for an apparent groin injury. So hopefully third time's a charm with the Raiders. We shall see. Now, as far as Beasley goes, he had a workout with the Raiders on Monday, and then the Raiders signed him shortly after to the practice squad. A little bit about Beasley. He's 28 years old, so still young. He was a former first-round pick as well back in 2015. And in 78 games for the Falcons, he racked up 37 and a half sacks. Now, listen, they may not be the players that Obviously, the Falcons hoped that they would be when they drafted them in the first round in 2015 and 2017. But they were former first-round draft picks for a reason, right? And regardless, the Raiders need all the help that they can get. (laughs) So I'm good with these signings. And I'll get JJ's thoughts on these signings a little bit later. 
And speaking of JJ, time now to bring in my good friend, former Super Bowl champion wide receiver and current NFL Network analyst, James Jones. Dang, JJ, I know it was a, a rough weekend for you with both the Raiders <laughs> and the Packers taking outs. Yeah, it was rough. I'm over here watching the dang games, and they both were extremely close, and I'm like, come on, man. But to be honest with you, I picked the Packers to lose, and I picked the Raiders to win. So it was kind of a little bit – I was kind of a little bit mixed emotions over here because I'm like, I told everybody the Packers was going to lose, and then I'm over here <laughs> watching the Raiders game. Like, I told everybody the Raiders was going to beat the Chiefs. And then – Once Derek Carr went down there and threw it to Jason Witten, and I'm like, man, the Chiefs came back down and scored a touchdown, and I'm like, this is some bull-ish, man. But I'm telling you, man, the defense – they just let us down once again. And, and to be honest with you, for me, watching the game, it was just way too easy. Oh, yes. Way, and I understand Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. All, I know they have a lot of weapons over there. But it just seemed like the Raiders' defense didn't put up no fight, man. And all game long, all game long, they played well. Yeah, they put up a fight. They even you know, got they a key a fight. interception yeah. right before halftime. It was it was it was a bend but don't break defense, man, and and they played well, man. When they had to get stops and they had to get the ball back to Derek Carr when 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 Kansas City got a stop, they got a stop. So I kind of thought they was going to get a stop, man, get a turnover, and it was just it was just way too easy. And I understand Coach Gruden because I went back and I watched I watched the last play of the game, the touchdown to all twenty two. And yes, it was totally miscommunication yep. because you have the DN stunting inside and you have the D tackle stunting inside as well. So it was a miscommunication by somebody that didn't get the call. I don't know who it was, but if it was a true stunt, you would have been able to keep Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. And Jonathan Abram wouldn't have came up thinking Patrick Mahomes was going to run to leave Travis Kelsey wide open. So Wide open, bro. It's just little things like that, man, that you watch and, and you go back after the game and you watch and it's like, man, if we would have just did this, we could have won the ball game. And if that, that, that was really the game of the Raiders. But we was talking about this on TV last night, man. I don't know if the Kansas City Chiefs want to play the Raiders again, man. I feel like the Raiders have the Chiefs number. They know how to beat them. They know how to compete with them. I don't know if they want a round three. Oh, I don't think they do. And Travis Kelsey even said, this is the best Raiders team that I have ever faced in my career. Yeah. And for him to even admit that, obviously, you know, good sportsmanship, whatever. But for him to admit that, he knows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the world knows watching the game. I mean, Derek Carr played lights out. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs had no answer for the Raiders' offense. I, nope. I felt like every time the Raiders' offense got the ball, I'm like, they're going to score some type of points. That's just that's just how I felt. So whenever they got it, I'm like, all right, they're either going to get three or seven because they got the Kansas City Chiefs' defense on their heels. Yeah. But it's just about finishing the game, man, especially the Super Bowl champions with all those weapons you have to finish the game. But – to be honest with you, after I finished watching that game, I looked at the glass half full, Fallon, and I said, man, the Raiders is in very good shape. They have a very good football team. They're going to win a lot of games, and they're going to punch their ticket to the playoffs, and they are going to be scary for a lot of teams in the playoffs, man, because you're not going to want to play the style and brand of football that the Raiders is playing right now. So Raider Nation, hey, the glass is half full. We're all right. 
We took the, we beat the Kansas City Chiefs and we took them down to the wire the second time. Possibly should have beat them again. So the glass is half full. Yes, we got some work to do on the defensive side of the ball, but it's not too many teams looking at the Raiders right now saying we want to see them in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But at the same time, I guess I'm looking at it as a glass half empty type of situation, even though I'm glad that you have made me feel better because before you came on, I basically said, you know, I felt sick after the game because this is a game not many people expected the Raiders to win, aside from Raider Nation and including you and I. But the Raiders should have and could have won this game. So that's kind of what makes it frustrating, right? And although I'm not for moral victories, yeah, the Raiders did prove that they can play with anybody. The problem is, and we've been saying this forever, JJ, if the defense can't get it together, in my opinion— They're not going to make a deep run in the playoffs. They have to be, as we have said for the last, I don't know how many even freaking years, even before this podcast even started, is that we just want a middle-of-the-pack defense. Middle-of-the-pack. Middle-of-the-pack. We ain't asking for a top-five defense, top-ten defense. That would be nice, but we just need a middle-of-the-pack. And that last drive, that was embarrassing. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it's not the first time Patrick Mahomes has embarrassed a defense. I mean, but that's true. But it's <laughs> on like a, on a it's, it's, it's in the manner in which they did it. But yes, but yes, and and it's and it's even and it even makes it look more crazy when you have miscommunications. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's when you see guys wide open because it's okay if you're making plays down the field and it's dang they catch it. We should have batted it down, didn't bat it down, or they caught it. We made the tackle. But when you got guys running wide open, that's that's what makes it look like, what in the world are we doing? How is guys running wide open and we're only rushing four? And they only got four people in the pass coverage, and we got seven guys covering. How is guys wide open? You know what I mean? So that's the type of stuff that raises – the red flag and, you know, like, what in the world are we doing? But like I said, it was a clear communication. I've been a part of games like that to where our defense messed up a call. You got half the defense doing this and half the defense doing that, and it's a dang touchdown. You know, I go back to the playoffs when when Larry Fitzgerald caught caught the deep over in the playoffs and ran the ball down there to the one-yard line and, you know, Thank God Aaron Rodgers threw a Hail Mary sent us into overtime, but we should have won that ball game. But after the game, I'm on the plane talking to Charles and uh, – no, not Charles, talking to Julius Peppers. And he was like, yeah, man, we had a stun on. Three of us went this way. Two of us went that way. And Carson Palmer was able to get outside the pocket and find Larry Fitzgerald. He was like, man, it's crazy that we had a miscommunication on the biggest play of the game, man. Yeah. But it happens – it's crazy. You got to be dialed in, and you definitely can't have miscommunications when you're playing against guys of the caliber of Patrick Mahomes. So if we're keeping it 300, me and you were texting back and forth. <laughs> it was kind of funny because I was saying, oh, my God, I'm nervous. I think I'm going to throw up. The reason why I say that is because I don't mean to out you, but after that play, you basically said Paul Gunther needs to be fired. But do you change your tune now? After seeing the film, the All-22 film, that maybe it wasn't so much on Paul Gunther or is a miscommunication on Paul Gunther? No, I mean, the last play of the game is not on Paul Gunther because I feel like he called a stunt. But the whole drive (laughs) is, is on Paul Gunther. I mean, like, I felt like he didn't know what he wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like, he's just... 
Like, are you going to sit back and just give Patrick Mahomes all day and rush three? Are you going to bring some heat after him and force him to get this ball out of his hands quick and let's tackle and force them to use their timeouts and eat it? Like, like, what's your game plan? That To me, that was what stood out to me. I don't feel like he had a game plan for that situation. Yeah. You're supposed to be ready and prepared for all situations. You know, I felt like he did not have a game plan for that situation. It was too easy. When Patrick Mahomes got the ball, him and Andy Reid had a dang game plan of how they was finna attack the Raiders. Yeah. You know, it was it was one play where we rushing four, then we rushing three, then we trying to bring some heat after him. Then we just sit like, like, dude, what's your game plan? You all over the place. You know what I mean? And, and watching the game, I mean, and you see guys catching the, the ball, like I said, wide open. It's not even it's not even a guy there to compete for the ball. You know, bat the ball down, you know, try to tackle the guy. These dudes is running wide open. You know what I mean? And when you got guys running wide open in your defense on a dang two-minute drive, yeah. Yeah. to me, that's not players. To me, that's coaching. That's people being in bad situations, you know. Or it could be somebody in a good situation but making a bad decision. You know what I mean? And if you're making bad decision after bad decision after bad decision on the football field, that comes down to coaching. And listen, if they were going to play like that on that final drive, that final Kansas City drive, I would have just rather have had them score quicker so we would have more time left on the clock to get the ball back. You know, but <laughs> you know it's, cra- it's, it's crazy, though, because I was I was telling the Raiders to slow it down. Oh, on their on their drive, the drive yes. that they had the ball. Yeah, but the problem I mean, is, James, they couldn't run the football. They didn't have success no, running the football. But I'm, I'm just saying forget run the football. Hike the ball at five seconds. Slow it down. Even if you don't score, you lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's just how that's just how I was I was taking. I'm like, dude, slow it down. Force Andy Reid and them to waste their timeouts, you know. But slow this thing down. Snap this thing at five seconds. Because I mean, if you don't score, you're gonna lose anyway. You know what I mean? And and if the defense is gonna go out there and play like that, you know what I mean? Eat the clock up. Leave as little amount of time as possible on the clock. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think they were trying. Jimmy. But at they the end of the happy. day, though, the Raiders got to go out there on defense and stop somebody. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot to think about during the game. Just, hey, we did our job on offense. Go out there and stop somebody on the defense side. That's what I'm going to say. It's like frustrating, right? Because Derek Carr engineers this go-ahead touchdown drive I know that we were all pumped to see old man when you know come through and then you look at the clock and you're like oh never mind that is way too much time of the clock for Patrick Mahomes and company and you knew right you knew they were going to score JJ but you were hoping the defense would at least hold them to a field goal to force overtime right so like in my mind I, I look at the clock and I'm like oh crap bro we're either going to lose this game or we're going into overtime like they're going to score right and clearly they didn't hold them to a field goal um, or force overtime. And here we are staring at a six and four record. Uh, with that said, JJ, the, the AFC West title is, is obviously all but Kansas City's now, but the race for a playoff spot in the AFC, it's going to come down to the final stretch of games. Cause right now you have the Colts, the Browns and the Titans. They're all sitting at seven and three. So you have the Raiders right now, currently what in seventh place in that final wild card spot, 
But you have the Ravens and the Dolphins who are six and four as well. Yeah. So the good news is the Raiders have a favorable schedule coming yeah. up with the Falcons and the Jets um, up next. But then they have to face the Colts, and that's going to be a huge game with playoff implications for sure. So did this give you more confidence that the Raiders can get it done? Or do you kind of feel like me that I'm not too confident because I still don't know about this Raiders defense? No, I don't feel like you at all. <laughs> you feel pretty confident. Okay. I feel I feel very confident, man. And like I said, you're talking about the best football team in the National Football League that the Raiders should have beat twice and really should have beat easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not about easy, but yeah. Okay. Man, they should have they had these boys on the rope. They should have exploded this game open. They 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 should have they should have won this game easy, and I'm not even gonna talk about the the bombs that was dropped. But exactly. they should have they should have blew this game open and won easy. This, Patrick Mahomes and them should have got that ball at the end, and it should have been a day near three score game. You know what I mean? And the defense should have been on the sideline, and Patrick Mahomes and them should have been out there like they was at practice with nobody guarding them because it don't matter. You know, but. I'm telling you, my, my glass is half full. And like you said, you got two teams coming coming up, you know, the Falcons and the Jets. That should be W's, you know. And I'm telling you, j- just one week will change everything. That's true. One, one, one week could change everything. So the main thing is, is going out here, getting a W, mm-hmm. you know. And I promise you, when you look up, it, it could change everything. Because the day Baltimore Ravens play the Steelers, who knows how that could go. You know what I mean? So you just got to go out here and win a ball game. But you don't want to go out here and lay an egg saying, oh, we play the Falcons or the Jets. And you mess around and get upset. Then you're really looking on the outside. <laughs> end. But yeah, the, way, sure. the way the Raiders are playing football right now, and I, I continue to say this on the podcast, I feel like the Raiders, even were this far in the season, they're they're one of the few teams who know exactly who they are. And that's going and that's going to go a long way. It's not too many people that want to play the Raiders brand of football and the Chiefs didn't want to play it. And that's why you see, you know, how the game was playing out. But they couldn't stop the Raiders all game long. So I feel like the Raiders is in very good shape. I do feel like they will make the playoffs. And yes, I don't know with the defense. Can they make a push in the playoffs? I don't know. I don't Well, No, I ain't going to say I don't know. No, they cannot you know, make a push in the playoffs playing against good football teams with their defense. So something's going to have to change on the defensive side of the ball to wake them up to be able to to have a shot. But I definitely know that this is a playoff team for sure. JJ, thank you so much for, you know, this therapy, because honestly, I was very bummed. I didn't even want to do a podcast this week. I don't know. It, it, it hit me harder. It hit me harder just because of the what ifs, you know, and the woulda, coulda, shouldas. You know what I mean? I was sick to my stomach after the game, and I woke up the next day like, did that really happen? So now you're making me feel a lot better. Yes, I know. You know, I, I mentioned earlier how I'm not into moral victories, but they did show they can play with anybody. But the the fact of the matter is, is their defense is trash. <laughs> They're lucky that they have a Ferrari on offense. You know what I mean? That we've been talking about forever. So they just need some help. They just need some help. So defense, y'all know what you got to do. There's a reason why they didn't talk to the media after the game. They knew this was on them. So hopefully they answer the call and and show up now for this final stretch of games. With that said, talking about changes on on defense, the Raiders have added Vic Beasley and, and Tack McKinley. Coincidentally or not, 
the Raiders play the Falcons this week. So <laughs> is this a strategic move to get some intel on the Falcons? Or do you actually think and do the Raiders actually think these former first round draft picks still got it? Mind you, McKinley did fail two physicals. Bengals and the 49ers, right? So they had to waive him after they claimed him on waivers. Uh, however, the the Raiders, they only have 11 sacks this season, JJ, which is not very good. So I feel like they can use all the help that they can get. 100%. And I think when you sign guys, you're, you're, you're signing them off of upside. And these two dudes <laughs> have a lot of upside. And if they could come in and just give us a little bit, that's better than nothing. Very true. <laughs> that, that, that's better than nothing. So if Vic Beasley could come off that edge and put a couple pressures and get after the quarterback and help us out a little bit, that's huge. But to be honest with you, man, these is t- to be able to sign two guys of this caliber this late in the season and, not have, to tra- and not have to trade for them and, and all that funny stuff and they get two Pro Bowl guys like this, man, that's huge. But there's a and- reason why they're available, J.J., it is a reason why they're available, but what I'm saying is, number one, they're going to come in here with chips on their shoulders. They're going to come in here with stuff to prove because, I mean, if you don't come out and ball this year, you you possibly going to be playing on another one-year deal somewhere else. And, you know, Tack, the reason why Tack McKinley is out of out of Atlanta is because he couldn't, couldn't come to a contract extension and wanted to trade and wanted out of there and all that stuff, so... Man, listen, if these two dudes could come in and, and, and play half to, to ha- up to half of their ability, I think the Raiders could get some good value out of them. Yeah, and Tech, um, I believe he failed his physical because of a groin injury. So hopefully that's just something that is not too serious and that he could actually, you know, make an impact. Because, again, the Raiders can use all the help that they can get. Now, it's funny, though, the Raiders have a thing about signing some former first rounders. <laughs> but guess what? It is working out for a guy like Nelson Aguilar, who's been making some big plays. Now, if only he can eliminate his drops, JJ. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with, you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Especially, especially in big moments of the game. Yeah. Because I mean, he's been their best receiver on the football field. And that's that that you can't even argue that. Yeah. Yeah. Nelson Aguilar is the best receiver on the football team right now. Period. Derek Period. Carr's looking for him. Uh, he's in there when it's just one wide receiver. I don't care if it's short passes, long passes. He he is your guy. But he just had, and it's not even the is to me. It's 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 not about the drops. It's more about the tough catches. Yeah. Like he has to find a way to make the tough catches. You know what I mean? Like he's fine when he's wide open. But when you got to go up and get it or you got to go down and get it or you got to come through traffic and get it, those is the ones that he lets go. Are they the easy ones? No. But those are the ones that he lets go. And he has to find a way to make the tough catches because that's the catches that's really going to explode the games open and help the Raiders be even more explosive. So he has to find a way to make those tough grabs. Yes, no doubt about that. Uh, Final thing, though, about the defense before we move on. Uh, We got a tweet from someone and they asked, would Raiders rather have Carl Joseph at safety? He's more disciplined than Abram. Abram is just a bigger body with no coverage skills at this point. Now, I'm going to say this. I love me some Carl Joseph. Everybody knows that. uh, But Obviously, he's a smaller safety who couldn't cover tight ends. Abram is basically a rookie. You have to look at it that way. He only played one game last year, JJ. So 
I'm going to give him some time. The issue that I have with with Abram is the, the reason why I love him as well, right? It's his aggression. He wants to make a big play, a big hit every single time, every single snap, and that causes him to miss tackles, right? So he has to find find a balance, and he has to play with that quote-unquote controlled aggression, right? Play with that fire, but also play smart. And when it comes to his coverage skills, I definitely agree. He obviously hasn't you know, shown that he is great in coverage, <laughs> but I also think a lot of it goes back to you know missed assignments and miscommunication, which has been an issue with this defense as a whole, you know, throughout the season. Am I the only one that watched the dang Raider games? Hold on, so you huh? you all about Abram? Am, am I the only one that watches the dang Raider games? When you turn the dang tape on of the Raiders playing defense, name one guy you're going to see that's like, oh, my goodness, this dude is is balling and selling out. Okay, it's always Abram selling out, but that's exactly why he got injured his rookie year, right? So he has to find that balance. Yeah, but I'm saying injuries happen. Just because he got injured don't mean you change the way a guy plays. Listen, clearly you that, don't change it, but he's, he's a is, missile. He's a missile, right? Yes. yes. And and that, and that listen, and I understand everybody looking at him like, man, look, he throwing. That's how he's been playing in college. That's how he's playing now. And if he gets hurt doing it, he gets hurt doing it. But you don't never change how a guy plays. Jonathan Abram is the best player no, no, I ain't gonna I say the Crosby, best. Crosby. I'm, gonna say, I'm gonna say Max first. Yes, I'm gonna yeah. say Max first. Yeah, I'm gonna say Max first, and then it goes Jonathan Abram. But Jonathan Abram is the tone setter. He's the he's the energy on that defense. Did he blow a couple assignments? Absolutely. You know what I mean? But sometimes you blow a couple assignments trying to do a little more. But I'm, but that's why I said you have to find a balance, even though because I'm fine. Because you know it's some weakness. But no, but to answer his question, I absolutely would not trade or want Carl Joseph me over Jonathan me Abram, me period. Heck to the no. I, I mean, me either. Okay, I love me some Carl Joseph. I do, love, I do love Carl. Yeah. I, I love I love Carl. Carl was a good player. Come down, hit you, all, all that good stuff. But Jonathan Abram is going to be an all-pro safety in our game one no, day, I man. Believe so. And like you said, he is a young player. He has a lot to learn, but he has all the tools in his toolbox to be an all-pro safety in our game. I know. I 100% so I agree with you. I would not trade he, him. Right, like, I mean, I would not want Carl. The thing about Jonathan Abram, old school football, man. He reminds me of the old school Raiders way, and I feel like he is a perfect Raider. Again, I just want him to kind of find a balance, know when to go all out. He literally sells out at every single play, and I'm just waiting for him to get injured, JJ. I just Leave that man alone <laughs> okay, and fine. let that man play his football. <laughs> fine. Man, he okay. is okay. okay. He is okay. He know how to tackle. He ain't coming in there with his head down about to hurt himself. He's flying around. He's he seeing what... Listen, did he... you not see him throughout the season, how he's been, like, laid out? On the sideline, you're like, uh, are you okay? He's, he's seeing that's because he's flying around. No, he's, he's, hurt seeing, he's, he's hurt seeing himself. what he's hitting. <laughs> Leave okay. him alone. Okay. Don't change that man game. Okay. I mean, I like him for a lot of reasons. He is a tone setter. That's like number one. But again, I just feel like he needs to work on, um, you know, 
his coverage skills, like the person who tweeted us said. Anyways, but he's young, right? He's a rookie, basically, guys. He only played one game last year. So, But to be honest with you, though, I don't feel like they asked him to cover a lot in one-on-one. Like, the Raiders is a zone coverage team. Well, they, they, don't, they, don't ask, they don't ask their safeties to cover a lot in one-on-one. So, I mean, are you going off the one or two times you've seen him in coverage? I think, I think a lot of people maybe are making a bigger deal out of the whole Travis Kelsey wide-open situation I, I when that's I miscommunication. That, but yeah. that's, that's because it's a lot of people, you know, not playing the game and not understanding what Jonathan Abram's seeing. Yeah. You blow a stunt. You see Patrick Mahomes come around the corner with a minute left in the game, and you see nobody around him. And you see this man about to step up and run and eyes down the field. And your first instinct is saying, shoot, let me come down and stop this dude. You know what I mean? He about to get 20 yards. You know? So, I mean, it's always easy for us to watch the tape and say, what in the world are you doing? (laughs) You know what I mean? You know, just like the Edgar Bennett, the receiver coaches, to be like, hey, make this cut. Make the EB, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, shoot, I see Ray Lewis and them coming from that way, man. I'm not making that cut right now. You know what I mean? But it's easy to say from the TV or the sideline. Armchair quarterbacks, armchair coaches. Yes, I get it. Yes, that's what we are here. Um, Anyways, passionate fan base. It's okay. You guys can be upset. Um, but Jonathan Abram is a good player, and he's going to be a good player in this league for yes, a ton of ton of years. Hopefully he can stay healthy. That's all I'm praying for. All right, we have to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will discuss Derek Carr and the Raiders' offense, plus an issue, a big issue that I have with the Raiders' offense. I think you guys can already, you know, assume what I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe not. Also, we will look ahead to the Raiders' Week 12 matchup in Atlanta against the Falcons. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, Blue Wire listeners. 2020 has really reshaped how we work. And businesses across the globe are challenged every day to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. And indeed, is here to help. Now, according to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site. And Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person that you need to keep your business going. And unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need so you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria so that you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. And right now, Indeed is offering Blue Wire listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and they'll see it fast. So try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Again, go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. 
know that fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football? <laughs> yeah, the chances are very, very slim. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league. The League of Football Watchers. Oh yeah, I'm definitely in that league. <laughs> I know a lot of you are as well. Now this football season is clearly a lot different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. People like me. People like you. Pepsi. Made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Welcome back. It is time to discuss the Raiders offense and JJ. I have a question for Raider Nation. (laughs) All the Derek Carr haters, where are y'all at? Oh. Where y'all at? I dare oh. you to say something about Derek Carr. Ain't that something? Is ain't that something? Yeah. Right? That 12th play, 75 yard, go ahead drive, JJ. I knew that he was going to engineer that. I knew that the Ravens were gonna come back and score, right? I think we all knew that because we saw it in his face, right? We saw it in his face, that image of him looking crazy on the sideline, which has since gone viral. And he even posted it himself, which was hilarious. Um, but as an offense, it has to be frustrating, right? That you did your job and you go back to the sideline and you watch the opposing team kind of march down your defense's throat. I yeah. say that because we don't have the heart back on the defense. I say that to say this. Derek Carr has done everything possible this season, to put his team in a position to win football games. Period. You cannot ask for anything else from Derek Carr. No, you're absolutely right. And, and and I loved what Gruden said when he stepped on the podium after the game. And he said, man, the boy played absolutely flawless. You know, and when you watch that game and you watch Derek Carr out there and whoever was watching that game, I don't care if you're a Chiefs fan. I don't care if you're a Raiders fan. I don't care if you're a quarterback fan. I don't care if you're a receiver fan. On that night, Derek Carr was the best quarterback on that field, period. period. And I mean, the, the, the stats prove it. And when you watch the stats, the throws, whatever you want to make, I mean, D.C. stepping up in the pocket, he getting outside the pocket, making throws. I mean, all the throws was on the money. I mean, we already talked about the drops, so we're not going to bring that up again. But even the ones that was drops, like I said, is even going to explode that game open even more. But, dude, D.C. DC was playing lights out. And, I mean, to be honest with you, me and you are not surprised. Raider Nation shouldn't be surprised. This is the guy that we know, we're used to seeing, and he keeps going out there every week and showing what type of quarterback he is. But he he truly showed on Sunday night that he is an elite quarterback. He was the best quarterback on that field, man. He played flawless. And that is the reason why I was – I was a little upset and hurt by the game when the Raiders let the defense – I mean, when the defense just let the Chiefs go down and score because I wanted it for D.C. Heck, yeah, me too, man. You know, I I, I want – playing with D.C., D.C. being a little brother of mine, I wanted that for him because he earned it. You know what I mean? He 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 earned that, 
And the Raider Nation needed to to truly give him his respect. And I wanted that for him because he was the best quarterback out there. He went out there, he delivered, and the defense didn't have his back. And head-to-head, J.J., in this series, the two games, he's been the best quarterback. And the stats show it. Um, Obviously, all that matters is is the W. But when you go head-to-head with Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, has had better stats than Patrick Mahomes in their two games against each other. And so I'm so frustrated that the defense let the offense freaking down, man, because I wanted D.C. to win this so, 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 so badly, especially because it was in, you know, Las Vegas. But in in the game, J.J., he completed 74.2% of his passes, had 275 yards, three touchdowns, and he averaged 8.9 yards per attempt. Think about how better his numbers would have been if the receivers did not have a case of the freaking dropsies once again. Mind you, Carr has been playing with the makeshift offensive line, and the run game did not help him either. You know, they only averaged 3.4 yards per carry, which put a ton of pressure on him, and he still was dang near perfect on the Sunday night football stage. And real quick, this season, mm, this season, he has completed 69.7% of his passes for over 2,400 yards, 19 touchdowns, and just three interceptions. And he has a passer rating of 108.7, JJ. He has been the most consistent player on this Raiders roster. Shoot, might be the most consistent in the NFL. I'm just on the Raiders <laughs> well, roster. He's up there. He's up there. He's up there. But I say that to ask you this. Does he deserve to be in the MVP conversation? For 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 what he means to his football team, absolutely. You know, for 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 what we keep talking about, and that's no help on the defense. And I don't know where the defense ranks right now. I don't know if they in the twenties, the thirties. I don't know where they rank right now. But for what he means to his to his team and and how he's keeping his team in, in, in ball clubs and the stats and the way he's playing. Absolutely, he deserves to be in the MVP conversation because when you put guys in the MVP conversation, it's all about how good do they make their team. And I feel like this dude makes it. If you take Derek Carr off this team, the Raiders probably have two wins. You know, so when you look at it, when you look at it like that, you absolutely got to put him in the MVP conversation. And to be honest with you, this MVP conversation this season, there's nobody clearly running away with it. So you could make an argument for a lot of these guys, and and I absolutely could make an argument for D.C., man, because, like I said, if you take him off his football team, this football team might have two wins. No, no doubt about that. Now, here's the thing. You don't really need the Raider stats in front of you to know that this is not a middle-of-the-pack defense, period, <laughs> right? Um, and obviously, you can go and break down certain defensive statistical categories, but where it matters, where it's total points, passing, total yards, etc., the Raiders are somewhere in the in the 20s. I think mid-20s, maybe around 24. Um, I don't know exactly their total defense, but for show, they are not no middle-of-the-pack defense, and that is actually all we are asking them to be, right? So yeah. they're not a top-10 defense, and they're not even a middle-of-the-pack defense. I think that's kind of the issue here. Uh, also, still discussing Derek Carr, did you hear what Falcons interim head coach Raheem Morris said about Derek Carr? 
No, I did not hear. Oh, you didn't hear, JJ. I can't believe you didn't hear. We we at mentioned you on Twitter because when it came down, a lot of people were like, huh, Fallon, this sounds familiar. And I was like, oh, yeah, JJ has said this. And I tagged you, but clearly you're not on Twitter, so you oh, suck. Yeah, you know I don't be paying attention to that Twitter stuff. Go ahead. But um, What did he say? Raheem Morris compared Derek Carr's control and command of the offense to what Aaron Rodgers does with the Packers. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You know, real recognize real. <laughs> yeah, who, who coined the term baby A-Rod? Uh, that would be me, man. That would be me. Back in when? 2014, maybe? Back in 2014, I told the world. And then people kept saying, you know, with all the Raider haters and, um, well, not Raider haters, actually, the Raider fans, unfortunately, who are Derek Carr haters, were like, oh, what happened to baby A-Rod, JJ? What happened to yeah. baby A-Rod? Well, guess what? Baby A-Rod finally has some pieces around him, and the defense still sucks, but you see what he's doing. He's having a 2016-like campaign right now, yeah. as far as his numbers go, and that's why I kind of asked about the MVP conversation, because Raheem Morris recognizes... Yeah. The great things that Derek Carr is is doing. And he did compare him to Aaron Rodgers, your guy. And I think one of the greatest things that Derek Carr does, just like one of the greatest things that Aaron Rodgers does, they take care of the football. It's It's not a lot of throws that you see Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers make and you say, what are they doing? Yeah, exactly. It's it's oh, not a like lot. Kind of like Tom Brady. Kind of like Tom Brady. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like you Tom see Brady. the you see the Carson Wentz's, the Tom Brady's, the even Patrick Mahomes at times. Like, he's a he's a he's a slanger. Where is he throwing the ball? You can't really say that too many times watching Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers play. They always have a plan. They're always accurate. They're always making the right decision. You can't really say that too much, man. So when you watch Derek Carr on film, you see that. And as a defender, it's not like you telling yourself, oh, yeah, we're going to get our hands on a bunch of balls. No, you're not. You know, you better try to get off the field on third down. But they're not going to just give you interceptions like that. They, they take care of the football. They're very accurate. The ball comes out quick. And – it's on the money and it's accurate. And that's why I call him baby A-Rod. So, you know, Radio Raheem, I call him Radio <laughs> Raheem. Hey, he knows. He, he knows. He's watching film and he sees how good DC's playing. Um, obviously, I would have liked the the run game to have more success uh, this past week. But to be but to be honest with you, Fallon, mm. I feel like I feel like that's the way you want to run offense. And the and this and what I mean by that is this. You loaded it up yeah, to yeah. stop Josh and Booker. And what happened? You just read off you just read off DC stats. You just read off DC's passer rating. You've seen the drops. Yeah. So as Gruden, Gruden called a great game. Yeah. You want to come up, you want to stop Josh. Well, that's why we bought in all these playmakers exactly. for games like this. You're gonna make and us beat you through the air. That's and, it. And yeah. we can do that too. That's yeah. why we're a Ferrari. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah. this the game you want to play. And you want to take away the run game? Here come these shot plays with this one-on-one cover. Okay, but with that said, also, um, whew, where is my issue going to lie when it comes to this offense? Where is it going to lie, JJ? Um, I don't know. What What did I say last oh, week? Oh, Henry Ruggs, probably. Listen, Henry yeah. Ruggs, one target, JJ, one freaking target, zero catches. Guess when he got the ball off a jet sweep. Yeah. And they only did that one time. You have got to be kidding me right now. 
And he got 10 yards, yeah. You have got to be kidding me right now. Yeah, to be honest with you, Fallon, I wish you still work for the Raiders. And I wish you... Just keep asking and, what the heck's and, going and, on with Henry Ruggs. And I know it's COVID situation, so you can't come to go to the practices and all that. But I wish you still work for the Raiders so you could just ask Gruden. Because, I mean, I don't know if anybody's been asking him on these Zoom meetings and all that type stuff and Zoom press conferences. But what, why, how is how? Henry Ruggs not involved in the game plan and not getting touches? Because he's out there. You know what I mean? When he got the ball in the fly sweep, he looked healthy. So it, it, it doesn't have anything to do with injuries. Gruden, why isn't he involved? You know, how can he get involved? <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, what's up? You know what I mean? Like, we need to know. You know what I mean? I know Nelson Aguilar is having a, having a good year, but what's going on? Why can't you find a way? to get this dude involved in the offense. Because we know, because you discussed this on, you know, last week's podcast, you said get him involved early so he can get going. And even if that means little layup passes, little short dump off yeah. passes, because guess what? He could turn five yards into 20. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's not hard to, to drop back and throw a dude a hitch or a slant. It's not it's not hard, man. Try to get him involved early. But we keep saying that every week and he's not involved. So is it some bigger? I don't know. That's yeah. why I would somebody need to call Gruden and ask Gruden. <laughs> what's going on? Maybe maybe you should give him a, give him a little call. You um, know? Well, anyways, that's my only qualm with the offense. Obviously, they put up still 31 points and looked pretty darn good this past week. But you, you have a weapon like Henry Ruggs for a reason. You drafted him in the first round for a reason. For him not to be used is basically unacceptable. I'm sorry. Figure yes. it out. And you got to figure it out before the damn playoffs. And at least, and, and what I feel though, I just, I just feel like Raider Nation wants to know, is he that guy? Like we don't know because he's not getting even opportunities. We don't know. Like, we, we don't know how good Henry Ruggs is going to be, can be, will be, how he will be. We don't know none of that because he's not even getting opportunities. Like, we can't even stand on this podcast and say, well, we tried to throw it to Henry Ruggs four times, but, you know, him and D.C. just wasn't on the same page. Or, you know, shoot, we we seen him limping out there on the – we don't know nothing. <laughs> exactly. We, we don't We don't know nothing. We just know that the Raiders is putting up a bunch of points and they fast first rounder that can do a lot of different stuff is not involved. Yeah. That's all we know. That's all we know. And we can't even blame him because nope. <laughs> we haven't seen it. We haven't. He hasn't gotten any opportunities. Yeah. So, so it's very frustrating. Okay, we're going to wrap up with this. Time now to look ahead to the Raiders Week 12 matchup. The Raiders, they will travel to Atlanta to face Matt Ryan and the Falcons, who have had a, a rough season, J.J., to say the least. They're 3-7 and seven yeah. right now. But I look at this offense, J.J., <laughs> again, Ooh. exactly. They still have Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Todd Gurley, and by the way, you know, Matt Ryan under center. The only team in the NFL, Fallon, the only team in the NFL that when they take the field on offense, 11 First rounders. For them to be three and seven is sad. That's that's <laughs> that's what that's what's frustrating, right? They got the same. They got the same problem the Raiders got. Defense. Defense. <laughs> they don't. They don't score forty in loss, Fallon. At uh, least oh, the Raiders I'm aware. can't say that. I, I'm aware. 
And, 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 oh my goodness. I mean, going back to just that Cowboys game early in the season, I'm holy you, mackerel. I think that was the beginning of the end. Clearly, Cowboys that was the beginning of the that, end of the Cowboys coach, and but. the Bears game. I mean, up 21 in the fourth <laughs> quarter and you lose? Lord. Lord. But I think more so the Cowboys game just because there's no way they should have recovered, should have not recovered that onside kick. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> that was embarrassing. So here's the thing. Listen, they have a ton of, of weapons on offense. This cannot be, you know, those quote unquote trap games, you know, for the Raiders. Obviously, right now the Raiders are coming off a loss. So you hope that they show up and show out um, in Atlanta. And I think that they are. It's the, the defense. This is going to be a game that they have to step up. And I think that they will. But I think the Raiders are going to win this easily, JJ. I think the offense is going to put up freaking 40 points. Yeah, the only thing that scares me is what we talked about for an hour on this podcast. And I just don't know how they're going to stop the Falcons. So I believe the Raiders win, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a shootout because I just don't feel that the Raiders are going to be able to stop Calvin Ridley and stop Julio Jones and stop Hayden Hurst and stop Todd Gurley and stop Matt Ryan. I just don't see it. From what the defense showed us over this season, I don't feel like they're going to be able to stop them. And you better believe this is a copycat league, like I always say on the podcast. So you better believe that they're going to come out and they probably going to try to throw this ball all over the yard and force them young DBs and young safeties and young linebackers to guard these dudes. And that's what scares me. And I do believe the Ra- I do believe the Raiders will win, but I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game and the Raiders are going to win close. So what is your final – Score prediction then, JJ. I'm going to say it's going to be 38 to 35 Raiders. 38 to 35 Raiders. Okay. Yes, I I think it'll be a high scoring game. Very close. JJ, that was your, I I believe that was your prediction for this past weekend. And I was very close on that thing. (laughs) 31, 31, I mean, mean, 31, 34 or whatever. No, it was was. 35, 31. We both actually said, I believe, 38, 35. So we were both pretty close on that. Um, I actually think it's going to be. 41 to 28. 41 28. Yeah, uh, yeah could, could, could get a couple late scores or something. Hopefully, you know, Falcons trying to go down there and score in a two minute Raiders pick six. Yeah. So I kind of agree with you. I do think it's going to be a high scoring affair, but I think in the end, the, the Raiders win by, you know, three, three scores, which is in a sense a blowout. Right, 41. I just hope the Raiders are ready to play because these are this is one of those trap games that you don't want to be involved in. And the reason why I say that is because on 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 paper and everybody's eye test, oh, the Raiders should beat up on the Falcons and, and win. But the Falcons have a very good football team. Like they have a lot of talent on their football team. They just not playing well. But we hate it playing teams like this because it's always could be those one or two games where they put it all together and they do play well. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? And that could be the game against you and they win and everybody looking like they can't even beat the Falcons. Well, the Falcons play like the Falcons we thought they was going to be before the season even started. Now, if you play in a team like the Jets, we know Jets, sorry. So if you lose this game, <laughs> it's the ultimate trap game because they ain't got no good players. They ain't got no good nothing. You know what I mean? That's a different game. Their record's bad because they don't have nothing. 
the Falcons record is bad because they have just screwed up in a lot of games, but they have the talent. So the Raiders still have to come out here ready to play, ready to go and not be thinking like, oh, shoot, we're going to beat them up. Look at their record. They won three games. No, this team can play football and y'all got to come out here and beat them. I don't know if you know, and I'm actually looking at this just to confirm. I was like, hold on, did this happen last year? So I don't know if you remember this last year, JJ. The Raiders were 6-4. and four. Guess who they ended up playing, and then it all spiraled downhill. Don't tell me the Falcons. No, it was the Jets. But remember, oh, they were 6-4 yeah. and four headed into the Jets game, thinking, you know, playoff host still alive, yada, yada, yada. And then and the Jets slapped them, yeah. Slapped them. And then the season basically yeah. <laughs> went downhill from there. So, point is, you cannot have a repeat of last season. Obviously, much better team than last year, but they're 6 and 4, just like they were last year. And they're entering two critical games which they should easily win, become 8 and 4 heading into that very important Colts game. So, this is where yeah. the season, you know, you you lost that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Got to move on. Now, the season is right here. You got six games left, and these next three are extremely critical. So we'll, we'll see. I, I believe that the Raiders are going to show up. There's no doubt that they are completely sick over what happened on Sunday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs. They can't wait for Sunday to roll around because they need to taste a W. <laughs> 100%. So, so I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to get the job done. I think Derek Carr is going to, and company is going to light up the scoreboard. Maybe this is a game that finally Henry Ruggs gets involved. Who knows? Let's see. Everybody, before we get out of here, <laughs> I can't believe I didn't open the show with this. How dare me? <laughs> so JJ is already a Spartan, a San Jose State Spartan Hall of Famer. But JJ, you just got <clears throat> even maybe a better recognition from the city of San Jose. Can you tell the people what's going on? Yes, I got the call that I have been inducted into the San Jose Sports Hall of Fame. So it's humbling. (laughs) You know, I was when I got the call, I'm like, man, how is all this happening to me? But it's humbling. I go in there with Coach Seifert. Uh, and a couple others. So it'll be it'll be good. It'll be fun. Um, they said I get my nice little picture at the SAP Center. So, you know, that'll be cool. You know, have my picture up there when people come in the SAP Center for for all that good stuff. But yes, yeah, San Jose Sports Hall of Fame. So wow. it's crazy, especially being a Bay Area kid and not just a Bay Area kid, a San Jose kid, you know, and then going into the San Jose Hall of Fame. So I ain't going to say it mean a little more to me than it does the other ones, but it mean a little more to me than it does the other ones because I'm a Saddleback kid. <laughs> Listen, JJ, I mean, for, for those who, you know, know JJ, you guys know everything that he's gone through. And, and for those who don't, I mean, this is a kid who grew up homeless and became a Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers. He has a field named after him, our old high school, Gunnerson High School. He has James DeAndre Jones Field named after him. He was, he was inducted to the San Jose State Hall of Fame and now going into the San Jose Sports Hall of Fame. Lord have mercy, JJ. I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. It's crazy. It is crazy. I can't believe I didn't start off with that, but I also (laughs) didn't know until like two seconds ago (laughs) and I read on my phone. You're all good. You're all good. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Congratulations. And I'm sure Raider Nation and all of our Keeping It 300 listeners are also very, very proud of you. Absolutely. I appreciate it. 
Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Watch a lot of football. Hopefully next week we are talking about a Raiders win. Till next time, for James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace. All right, now to all my NFL listeners out there, you might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. So, why don't you head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.